Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good morning, folks. Thursday, January 25th, a day closer to the Mardi Gras season. In fact, we have some parades this weekend, and hopefully the weather will hold up. There's a Bad thunderstorm now moving through uh, Metairie. I'm looking out the window, and the rain's actually going sideways. The wind's blowing, so please be careful out there on the highway uh, so that we don't have any unnecessary accidents. Got a great show lined up for you today. We'll visit with Ron Fauché, political analyst and publisher of Lunchtime Politics. We have um, the Iowa caucus down, the New Hampshire primary behind us, headed to Las Vegas a uh, lot of turmoil uh, within the Republican Party at the present time. We'll talk uh, with Ron Fauché about that. Kassan Corbin, director of Sewage and Water Board, joins us. Um, there was a presentation put on by Kassan before his board the other day. We'll talk about that presentation, about what was accomplished in 2023 and what they're looking forward to in 2024. Dr. Joe Cantor joins us in the 11 o'clock hour as well, and we'll talk about continuing shortages of some prescription drugs and uh, follow-up on Florida's plan with the FDA approval to import drugs from Canada and a couple of other issues as well. The Port of New Orleans uh, plays uh, a very vital and important role in our economy, not only here throughout the metropolitan area, but throughout the state as well. When you think and you put it in context that one in five jobs are directly or indirectly related to the port, you gain a better understanding of how big the port is to our economy and how much we actually rely on it. And after I started seeing some of this data and visiting with officials from the port, I decided that uh, we're going to touch base with the port every other week uh, to get updates as to what's going on. In fact, there's a proposal of a terminal, uh, container terminal, that's one of the biggest developments in the history of the state of Louisiana. Both private, public collaboratives uh, really redefine the port and place us in a position to compete. And the importance of this, uh, I do not believe, can be overstated. And we'll get updates on where we stand uh, with that development as well. Uh, Brandy Christian, who is the uh, Port Nola president and CEO and CEO of the New Orleans Public Belt Railroad uh, as well, uh, joins us. Brandy, welcome to the show. Good morning, Noel. Happy Mardi Gras. Thank you. We're getting there really quick for sure. Uh, Brandy, let's jump right in, in into this. Um, if you would, lay out the landscape of the Port of New Orleans and the role that it plays in our economy to give our listening audience a, a better understanding of, of the role that y'all play. Certainly. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me this morning. 
Yeah, certainly. The uh, Port of New Orleans, we're in a a few different uh, businesses in the maritime space, obviously in uh, the cruise business, which is huge for a hospitality uh, business in the New Orleans and metro region, but also in the cargo space and particularly uh, the container trade. Um, I think as we've seen over the last few years, uh, so many commodities are moving in containers now with e-commerce. Um, I think every day we receive packages at our homes. That's how, how things are shipping now. Um, and really to be competitive is a state, um, not only in the maritime space, but really to attract manufacturers and to attract logistics companies. You really need to have facilities like container uh, terminals to be competitive, to, to attract those companies. Um, it's almost like having an international airport. Um, so for us at Port Nola, uh, really this project is really key to being competitive um, in the maritime space, but also to really uh, keep Louisiana as a gateway in the logistics business. And you guys have uh, um, expended a lot of dollars over the last 10 years improving um, that contain- the container space that you all have available along the river now, right? Absolutely. Uh, The Port of New Orleans has been in the container trade for almost 50 years now. Between the state and the Port of New Orleans and our private partners, we've invested almost a billion dollars over the last 50 years in building out the Napoleon Container Terminal. Uh, But as you know, we've gotten the uh, Mississippi River dredged to 50 feet, which was a huge step forward. You know, vessels are just getting larger Uh, economy of scale, but we have the Crescent Connection Bridge, which limits the size of vessel that can come to the Napoleon Container Terminal. And the way that the trade works is basically a container vessel comes from Asia or Europe, and they basically stop in Houston, Mobile, and New Orleans. Uh, Once uh, Houston in particular can take a larger vessel than 10,000 containers, uh, New Orleans stands to be dropped from that service. Uh, And when you look at that, The container trade in Louisiana is about 10,000 jobs uh, that we would stand to lose. And all of those companies that rely on getting their containers uh, in and out of Louisiana, we're talking about our poultry farmers all the way up through northern Louisiana, all of the coffee trade, um, you know, Folgers Coffee, uh, PJs, they all export and import in through uh, the Port of New Orleans. Those companies rely on having that service. And y'all have a pretty big footprint, too, with the London Metals Exchange as well, right? Absolutely. Uh, We are one of the biggest, on the break bulk side, we are one of the biggest importers of natural metals, uh, steel, aluminum, and also uh, natural rubber that goes into many of the manufacturing plants throughout the South uh, to be manufactured into things such as tires. Now, I've heard some folks talk about... um, the fact that the geographic location of a terminal is um, very determinative of the, uh, if you look at the a series of concentric circles from where that is, uh, mm-hmm. as to where storage facilities are, things of that nature, manufacturing and everything else. But when I hear you talk about this, you're talking about poultry from North Louisiana, rubber from the middle of the state. If you would, uh, through the development of the Napoleon Terminal, kind of outline what you've seen as the growth and whether or not there's really been one preferential geographic location of growth. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when you look at container facilities, what really drives the demand is two is two factors, either a huge population like Houston. 90% of the containers that come into Houston are consumed within that region. So they're really not a competitor for us because those containers are going to go there because they have a big population. That is not the state of Louisiana. We're a small state. The other factor is when you have manufacturers or distribution or you're a gateway. So if you look at places like Mobile, Savannah, Charleston, not big populations, but what they did is they became a gateway. They attracted distribution centers, companies like Walmart, like Target, and they had surrounding states so that they really became a gateway. And that's really what New Orleans is. We have six class ones. We have the Mississippi River that goes, you know, over 14,000 miles up into the heartland. And that's really what we are is a gateway. You know, we can get there by river, we can get there by road, and we can get there by rail. And that's really the biggest opportunity. Uh, The federal government, the Biden administration, just announced this week that Port Nola, the uh, Louisiana International Terminal in St. Bernard, was awarded $300 million dollars. Uh, for the new terminal, the biggest federal grant in the history of the Department of Transportation for a container terminal in in the history of DOTD, recognizing the potential for the Mississippi River and the New Orleans Gateway to be that gateway to the heartland to serve markets like Dallas and St. Louis and Arkansas, as well as the state of Louisiana. Now, you also sit as the CEO of the New Orleans Public Belt Railroad. And when I did some of my um, research on on this topic, uh, one of the things that that comes up all the time uh, is the unique position that uh, the Port of New Orleans finds itself in with the amount of rail uh, that they have coming in and out of this region, where a lot of other folks don't have that, and and it ultimately has to be developed, which we all know is very costly and time-consuming. Talk about Mm -hmm. that for a moment. Absolutely. Uh, There's four basic rail gateways within the country, and New Orleans is one of those gateways, and it's basically where the six Class 1 railroads meet up, and they exchange cars basically uh, in the country, and New Orleans Public Belt actually does that interchange. So that really affords an opportunity in New Orleans for us to have access to basically any railroad in the country to get uh, either containers, any type of cargo um, in and out of New Orleans, and it really opens up markets uh, for us, and that's why it was so important for us, uh, any facility that we have is to have access Uh, to the New Orleans Public Belt to be able to get to those markets. Uh, It's a really unique position. Uh, We're the only port in uh, the country that actually can directly access six class ones. Uh, It's a um, pretty immovable position to be in from a logistics standpoint. I got to imagine that's something that uh, played heavily into the grant that was given, understanding that we're in this incredibly unique position. And if there are disruptions in supply chain around the world, uh, we're able to move goods uh, a lot in a, in a more efficient way uh, and probably a cheaper way because we have access to not only the interstate system waterway up the Mississippi River, but the all-important rail. It is. And, you know, and, and uh, ironically, we don't, um, from a container uh, perspective, we don't m- move a huge amount by rail. It's actually pretty small. 
what has really grown in a big focus of ours for this project is container on barge. Uh, we operate one of the biggest container on barge services in the United States in partnership with the Port of Baton Rouge. And so we will continue to grow that um, service. We right now take containers up to Memphis. Uh, we have started uh, taking them up to St. Louis. And in this grant application, we got support from six states all looking to grow that service into Arkansas, into Mississippi, into Tennessee, recognizing the power of the river and being able to move containers by the river, which obviously takes trucks off the road, takes it off of rail. Um, that really was something very appealing to the administration. I got to imagine at the volatility of pricing of a barge versus all other modalities of transportation um, is a lot more predictable, right? Well, it is, you know, it is not uh, necessarily, it's, it's somewhat more expensive because it takes more time to go by barge. But what is really playing into it now is there's really an environmental factor to it. Obviously, it's the lowest form of emissions, um, emission impact being able to move it by barge. And many companies are really looking to, um, to reduce their emissions footprint. So that's very attractive. And as you mentioned, it's an alternative. And being able to, be, to offer that to our customers where if something happens in the supply chain, if there's congestion on the railways, um, if there's you know, any type of incremental weather that's impacting that, we can offer three alternatives yeah, that's a huge um, solution for our shippers in being able to offer three modes of transportation. And, yeah, you I know, mean, it, I think it, traditionally, it, oh, I was going to say, you know, traditionally, you know, people have always thought, well, wouldn't it make more sense to um, put a terminal at the mouth of the river so that the ships don't have to come all the way up the river? If you think about it from a cost perspective, the cheapest form of transportation is actually the ocean-going vessel. You can put, mm -hmm. you know, 20,000 containers on a vessel. So bringing that vessel further up to access the railways, to access the inland transportation, and have connection to the highways, to uh, the inland market through barge, really for them, they want access to that inland system. Yeah, and they, they want it in the most immediate fashion available because anytime you have to do a workaround, you're just adding another layer of cost, right? Absolutely. All right, we got to get to a break. We're visiting with Brandy Christian, the uh, Port Nola president and CEO and CEO of the New Orleans Public Railroad, Public Belt Railroad, excuse me. We'll be right back after the break. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, folks. We've been talking about Port Nola. It generates about $4.9 billion in annual output, and it uh, provides sustenance for 21,700 family-sustaining jobs at every skill level statewide. And just in the ports within the confines of the state of Louisiana, they are responsible for one in every five jobs that exist in the state. I, I don't know that I can overstate the importance of the collection of ports that we have uh, th- throughout the state, Brandy. Absolutely. It's pretty phenomenal when you think about the variety of what the different ports do throughout the state. Um, everything from energy to containers to break bulk cruise shipping it's pretty amazing the natural resources that the state has. So um, one of the things that has been at the forefront uh, for you guys at uh, Port Nola, obviously, is the, um, the, the lit, the Louisiana International Terminal uh, to be located down in uh, St. Bernard. Where are we actually in that process at the present time? Uh, currently, we are in the permitting process uh, about a, a year and a half into that process. It's typically about a three-year permitting process. Uh, the permit we will be submitting this year, the final documentation, uh, our current timeline is 2025 uh, for the permit to be issued, and then we would begin construction. Uh, with the announcement of the federal grant, we have uh, raised over $1.7 billion dollars uh, so basically almost all the funding that we needed for the construction um, of the first phases of the project. So we're very excited um, about having the public-private partnership, the support of the state and the federal government uh, to make that infrastructure investment a reality. Uh, equally important to that, obviously, is the parallel development of the St. Bernard Transportation Corridor uh, that's uh, kind of supporting infrastructure from a transportation standpoint. So we're moving that along on a parallel path, um, equally important uh, to make sure that that makes the project successful as well, support the surrounding community. Now, there's been some seed money, I think, that has been provided uh, for that initiative. Uh, I think most everyone is really con- concerned that that'd be one of the first things uh, that uh, shovel goes into the ground for, right? And it seems as though y'all are trying to accomplish that. Yes, the uh, state allocated $50 million, uh, to do the uh, the phase one studies, RPC and DOTD are actually doing all of the transportation traffic studies now. Uh, those should be completed this summer. And as they conduct those studies, we have hired a national firm to expedite the uh, solicitation of a public-private partnership uh, and put a strategy in place for procuring uh, that private partner. So we're doing that now as RPC completes the traffic studies 
so that as they come out with the recommendations of any transportation infrastructure that's needed, that we'll have the public-private partnership put in place this year. I've had several people tell me that having a private-public collaborative um, is uh, not unique uh, to these types of projects and also having toll roads going in and out of uh, terminals and port uh, locations Mm -hmm. is not unique either, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you look at ports like Baltimore uh, in Savannah, Charleston, it's very typical to have dedicated truckways uh, where you have a fee on the container uh, to that's been built onto the shipper Uh, so that you can access the terminal. Um, Obviously, any grants that you get keep that that fee low, um, which is great. But at the end of the day, really, a a shipper wants to get in and out as fast as they can. If you can get uh, more turns in a day, it's more efficient for, um, obviously, the the truck driver, for the shipper. Um, It just makes the economics work. So it's a very typical structure that you see throughout the country. And as a result of this, um, um, obviously, uh, one of the benefits, I guess, of the location uh, that's proposed here is is access to other infrastructure. Absolutely, and if it, and when we kind of looked at site selection over, you know, th- we this we've studied this for twenty years. What was really important is not only having access. Uh, to, you know, eastern rail carriers, uh, as well as being able to connect to the public belt, because a big market for us is uh, obviously going to the west with our markets in Dallas and Texas, but obviously being able to go north and south. But really, when you look at the distribution centers and where they're kind of popping up in Louisiana and the manufacturing, the North Shore, Lafayette, uh, being able to get to those facilities very quickly Um, makes a lot of sense. And at the end of the day, being able to get out of kind of the downtown corridor uh, where you have a lot of congestion and gridlock, uh, being able to build that infrastructure connecting um, to, you know, I-12 to the I-10 off of the 510 really just made a lot of sense uh, being able to make that investment. And then obviously for St. Bernard Parish to be able to build another artery for evacuation route, um, another corridor, was extremely important, not only for the project, but obviously to uh, support the growth of the parish. So um, I I have a text here that says, well, who's going to pay for the improvements and maintenance of the roads in St. Bernard with increased 18-wheeler traffic? Their intention is to not travel on the local roads with red lights and stuff if there's a toll road available, right? Absolutely. That, that is really why you, we want the elevated roadway. And obviously, the uh, tax benefit going both to the state as well as the local parish, uh, the way that the partnership was constructed, you know, we purposely developed the project to ensure that, you know, when you look at uh, ports, you know, we are property tax exempt. And the way that we structured the partnership is that we would build kind of the ground level infrastructure and the private partners would build everything above ground. So they will own all of the equipment, the buildings, all of that is taxable. So within, you know, the, the lifespan of the project, the, the tax, the state tax is over $1 billion to the state. And within the first five years, about $27 million 
in St. Bernard Parish um, taxable income. And so obviously that tax base helps with maintenance, with maintaining parks, with maintaining roads, with maintaining fire, police, et cetera. We really wanted to be able to create that tax base to ensure that both the state as well as the parish had the ability um, for maintenance and uh, amenities for the community. Um, so that was really important in our thinking of how we structured this partnership so that there was taxes going back to the parish and to the state. Is there also not a benefit, uh, because uh, obviously when you're linking to major transportation corridors, um, you heighten the importance of those transportation corridors. So when you think about the I-10 in the east and moving up through the I-12 and, and um, the existing infrastructure that's there, I think it puts us in a better position to get federal funding uh, because we've just heightened the importance of this to the entire national economy, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And obviously also serving as a evacuation route, that also definitely helps in terms of prioritization for funding. Um, and, you know, I would I, I really what I think I'm most excited about, you know, we're here at D.C. Mardi Gras um, across the federal delegation, the importance and priority that I think the delegation, both state and federal for the St. Bernard transportation uh, corridor is full throated. Um, everyone wants to see that infrastructure put in place as much as they do the terminal. I think everyone's on board with that. And to me, that is the most encouraging um, aspect of the support for the project. Yeah, and, and I I understand, you know, some of the opposition, right? And, and that's why I brought up, because yeah, in, in, my, yep. in, in my research, I looked around and I was aware of some of the ports, but not all the ones that you mentioned, where these toll roads were put in. It was private-public collaboratives. I mean, we're not reinventing the wheel here. This is This is a challenge that's always presented. But if cooler heads prevail and people come together and they gain a better understanding uh, about how this works. Uh, you know, I've always been amazed that all the stuff that y'all have done on the, on the Napoleon Terminal, um, that the traffic situation, it, it's almost de minimis. You don't even hardly notice it because y'all put interior roads going north, south, mm -hmm. or east, west, whatever the bend of that river is there. I, I get confused mm -hmm. directionally. But nonetheless, uh, you have an old, a whole infrastructure behind a flood wall. And most people don't even realize it, um, you yeah, know, that, that it's there. And, yeah, absolutely. The Clarence Henry Truckway, you know, if we would have had the ability in kind of the land space to be able to take the truckway all the way to the interstate, you know, that would have been ideal. And, you know, ultimately it's just the congestion there at the freeway, um, you know, getting onto the 90 and the 10 there um, really is, is the challenge. Being able to have a dedicated truckway um, it really is vitally important to the, the terminal, um, but really, you know, we in Uptown, you know, people live there their entire life and haven't realized that there's a, a terminal there. We give public tours all the time, and, you know, there's people that live across the street that have never, you know, real, never been on the other side of the flood wall, and that's why we do the public tours. So, um when we when we think about some of the opposition, like folks are, are I'm getting a number of texts here and folks saying, well, where's the elevated roadway going to go? I mean, and I think the intent yeah. is, if my memory serves me correct, that most of it's going to be outside the hurricane protection levy, which is 
very similar to the roadway that was de developed in Highway 1 to serve as Port Fouchon um, down in yes. South Louisiana, right? Yes, that is the concept. And RPC and DOTD are doing all of the studies now, and they will come up with the um, alternatives for what that alignment looks like, what um, the actual routes would be, and they're doing a full public process. Uh, where there'll be community input and there'll be alternatives, they'll come up with those recommendations based on all of the traffic analysis and um, put that all through the public process. So when we come back after the break, let's talk about the economic impact uh, and, and what that means uh, to the region uh, as it relates to the Louisiana International Terminal. We're visiting with Brandy Christian, Port Nola president and CEO and also CEO of the New Orleans Public Belt Railroad. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back, folks. We're visiting with Brandy Christian, uh, the head of the Port NOLA, as well as the New Orleans Public Belt Railroad. Um, Brandy, if you could help clear up some confusion for me. A couple of weeks ago, there was uh, a news release about Maersk and uh, trying to create a container terminal on the West Bank in St. Bernard. I can't imagine that we could support both of these projects, right? You know, when it, it comes down to it, you know, it's it's market based. You know, every market study demonstrates that there's really only a market for about two million TEUs in the next twenty, twenty five years. So the likelihood of two projects being feasible, uh, both financially, um, is is not likely. Uh, even for um, the Port of New Orleans, you know, we've got the container terminal in New Orleans as well as St. Bernard. Um, you know, we'll struggle to be able to um, not compete against ourselves, even with the Napoleon container terminal. So the market demand is not there uh, for two projects, as well as really being able to put the infrastructure in place, the supporting infrastructure, not just for the terminal, you're talking about a $2 billion project, as well as all of the necessary uh, transportation infrastructure to do the project right, as well as do right by those communities. Um, financially, just it wouldn't be feasible within the market. So what's the next step? I mean, there's a group that's trying to promote and, and, and foster that thought on that side. You guys have already invested money and in are in down the path at least a year and a half, if not two, possibly two and a half mm -hmm. years on this. They're just at uh, in its infancy. 
it delays it. Meantime, our, meantime, our competition is um, has made investment or in the midst of of uh, enlarging their facilities and trying to gain more market share, right? Absolutely. You know, at the at the end of the day, you know, I guess market dynamics will um, will sort that out. Um, you know, financially, um, if it's not feasible, you know, it, it it won't move forward. I mean, that's just the reality of it. You know, for for us, you know, we have to continue uh, to focus um, on on the project, uh, getting it done. As you know, this has been 20 years that the state has. Um, Tried, tried to do something to come up with a solution. We've never um, gotten this far, had the federal support, this level of funding. Um, this is the biggest grant award um, in, the, in the history of Louisiana, but for any container terminal. Um, so we really have to be focused on moving forward. Um, you know, our partners, Ports America, uh, TIL and MSC, you know, they've invested in Louisiana for the last 50 years, um, they they know this market. They they know every the river. They know every site, every location. Um, they wouldn't be investing this money if they weren't a believer in um, that this is the right project, the right site, and that this can be a success. Uh, they've invested in Louisiana for a very long time, uh, both at Napoleon as well as with LIT. So, um, it, to your point, you know other states like Mobile. Savannah, Georgia, you know, they, they concentrated their efforts and, um, and moved forward, and that's, that's what we need to do. Um, and the market will, will play that out. So let's talk about the economic develop, uh, development and the numbers and, and what it means to the region. Absolutely. You know, as I mentioned, when obviously there's the economic impact that the tax, tax base that it creates, both from the construction um, when we did the LSU did the economic uh, impact, they looked at just the terminal, obviously the construction, the job creation, because you're looking at both union and non-union jobs. And as you mentioned, in the maritime space, you know, the average job is about 74,000, 51% higher paying than the average job within the region. And they're, as I mentioned, they're union, non-union jobs, all skill levels from you know, a logistics executive to a tradesman. Um, so it's a, a huge opportunity and a diverse um, economic base that we need within the state. But it's also key to attracting more logistics companies and really being that hub um, within the country that we really need the diversification of our economy. And um, we're really well poised to do that. You know, we're seeing attraction. You know, Amazon has opened up over 3 million um, square feet within the state. Um, You're seeing business parks that are opening up in Lafayette and throughout the um, North Shore. You know, being able to attract businesses like that provides opportunity uh, throughout the state, not just in the New Orleans region. And that's really the impact that we're looking to have is just be a catalyst for the rest of the state. And obviously, if we don't do it, um, we lose jobs to our competition because this is all about the accommodation of where the the shipping companies are going uh, relative to the size of their vessels. And that's really what's driving the need, right? 
is. LSU's study showed that within five years, we'd lose over 9,000 jobs and about $200 million in tax revenue. So if you think about not just the, the jobs, you know, on the terminal, um, all of the tug companies, you know, all of the, the fueling, all those um, companies that support the maritime, but think about the trucking companies the uh, shippers that are moving that are located here because they're moving their cargo so those companies now they're going to move to houston because that's where their their manufacturing their product is so those companies relocate um, to houston because that's that's where they're getting supplied Um, so that really is where the the job impact the job loss occurs do I overstate it when I say this is an opportunity of a lifetime? Now it's just up to us. It really is. Um, I, as I mentioned, uh, the the level of support, particularly um, with this federal grant, really um, I think just solidifies the analysis, the opportunity. Um, it really recognizes what the potential that we have uh, to take this to the next level as a state. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, look forward to meeting uh, uh, and to, uh, uh, you know, getting together again and talking about the importance of the port and, and other aspects, and we'll be doing that in the weeks to come. Brandy Christian, President, CEO of Port Nola and the New Orleans Public Belt Railroad. Have a great week. Thank you, Noel. Take care. All right. We'll be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. Folks, when we come back after the top of the news break, Dr. Joe Cantor joins us, the state health officer for the state of Louisiana. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Newell on WDIL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 